to be hitting the, that live screen. What's up, guys? What's up, uh, we have a, uh, a fresh-faced uh, youngster here with a fresh haircut. Haven't seen uh, this, this hair rocking and rolling quite some time. Time so to go Chris, back to Stormblood. Time to go back to Stormblood. It's been that uh, it's been that long. So you've got uh, a job uh, that you know, et cetera. So we're obviously going to have some content uh, scheduling changes uh, coming up here. Do you want to give an idea of what people can expect before we jump into today's uh, show? I don't really know what it does to the streaming side of things. Like the total hours. So I've been doing some contract work over the last year as ad revenues become less predictable um to kind of supplement and as sponsorships become like the three things that pay for a full-time content creator just as mm -hmm. like a brief overlay for anybody that hasn't paid attention to kind of the discussion as twitch talks about changing their rates and things like that like the this conversation partner, comes up regularly. the partner plus program <laughs> yeah so before you get it so basically um community support comes in and and that is one leg of the of the stool not all the legs are the same length but the stool just has to get held up Another leg is ad revenue. Uh, the internet is powered by ads. And so when people brag about an ad blocker, they brag about removing that leg of the stool. Mm -hmm. um, and ads are not something that we all necessarily enjoy, but it is a leg of the stool. Uh, and then the last leg is direct sponsorships. And that is companies uh, stepping and, in instead yeah. of like the advertiser leg, uh, they step in kind of like the community support leg. Uh, and that can be things like affiliate links, sponsored streams, and so on, uh, which yeah. is fine with you doing that as long as it's less than 3% of your total screen footage and, and things like that. So like there's there's some rules. So if you see me like having a, a little mark on there that just says 3%, I think I'm just going to start setting aside part of the screen. When I have a sponsorship, <laughs> it'll be their logo. And I'm just going to have a 3% there when it's not. And we'll just, yeah. that way I don't ever have to worry about, did I toggle it on or off? It's like, it's either brought to you by me or it's brought to yeah. you by somebody. But I'm just going to start having the, this stream is sponsored all the time because by, like, yeah, by the malicious 3%. compliance is the safest compliance. Uh, <laughs> so that's my view. Like, why risk it? Um, yeah. It's just easier. So um, as two of those legs have become inconsistent, it puts a lot of pressure where I have to start like relying really heavily on the community support. And the community support absolutely makes things possible in my life and I owe them an immense thank you. Yeah. But it's, 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 I don't ever want to be at the point where I like suddenly lash out at the community and say, people who just hang out and don't support me monetarily aren't welcome. That would be insane. <laughs> who would do would something like that? That would be, um, like, and, and I, I think it know. would just be a moment of weakness. I really do. But uh, I don't ever want to have one of those moments. So, I have been you want to maybe like stop streaming for a minute, like step away from the computer. That maybe, would be best. Maybe get the that would be off, best. off the Twitter, you know, um, just like, all right, let's be best. You know, yeah. I mean, thankfully, I don't have the visibility of other people because then a moment like that would result in like multiple videos being made and it would be a whole thing. So, um, I have found that like I can supplement that by doing contract work and actually i found that to be more at first i was like well i'll just do it because it makes the numbers add up but i actually yeah. found that like it's i have a master's degree in architecture i don't use it that much when playing final fantasy 14. yeah and so like i've been doing contract work for an architecture firm and like i found that it's actually joyful. really yeah. yeah like doing it as a part of my life is is really joyful and I, I get to kind of stretch that part of my brain and that feels really nice and so like i've enjoyed some of the contract work i've done over the last year or so um as i've kind of picked up brief little stints but uh, I got an opportunity to do something a lot bigger and kind yeah. of command a little bit of a team. And um, the, the pay is substantially higher per hour. Yeah. Uh, and But it's going to pull Mondays will start at noon. Tuesdays will start at 10. Wednesdays will start at 10. I'll be off Thursday, Fridays. So technically, my stream schedule doesn't really have to reduce by that many hours. But I, I, I don't know what that does to me. 
Uh, yeah. And so, like, yeah, in all honesty, you ask, like, what balance. does it mean? Yeah. Um, well, every work to game has had many chapters. August 8th is when we turn over a leaf to another year. Mm-hmm. I don't know as we approach the next August 8th. I don't know what the next chapter of work to game is. I have had a job where I worked 60 or 70 hours and work to game did exist. Uh, so, like, it's not like I I'm super concerned. Um, <laughs> but, you know, this is a lot less hours than that. This is, yeah. I think it's 36 hours a week. And some of oh, those are great. on Saturdays and Sundays. So yeah. it's 36 hours a week. It's, you know, it's more than I've been doing for that. The previous contract was capped at 20. Yeah. Uh, and when they would assign me 20 hours worth of work, it never took me 20 hours. Mm-hmm. They just always said, this is the most hours you can use. And obviously, you know, if you can do it in less, that's great. Uh, and so like, this is by far the biggest. And, uh, and I went to say no and like, they just, it's really great people and it's a chance to do something really cool. And, um, but it does mean the hair has to get cut and the stream schedule will change. Yeah. Um, the plan is to maintain as many streams as possible through at least fan fest. That way, if nothing else, people who've chosen to support me monthly because they watch me monthly, mm-hmm. yeah. um, have the chance to let their subs drop. I think that's more than fair. Um, so I will do my best to maintain hours. I've done my best to be incredibly transparent about this process from interviews and stuff like that recently. So, um, if there's anybody that's decided to put their support elsewhere, you know, that's, I hope we've made that very, very clear. Um, and then that way going into August, hopefully I have a little more of a clear representation of what that looks like. Right. Um, Like, Oh, if it ends up being just like a hand, like a couple of days a week, I think that ends up being a little bit healthier personally speaking, because I do see that from, and not just like with you, like you were always like way more talented in terms of like being able to talk and engage uh, so behind the scenes baseball. It's like, I remember uh, I had this epic stream for the new world stuff. And I remember like, Oh my gosh. Like, uh, Hey Chris, do you want to just come hang out with me a voice? Cause I'm fading. <laughs> like, I, like I feel my energy just about to just like crater. Like, I don't know how anybody can do it for this many hours this long, but that's the talent that you've always brought. Now, you've described that also as a muscle that you that you use and you develop and it makes a complete sense. Uh, but then I think there's also this like mindset from a lot of people who want to jump into content creation that it's like you got to be live for 12 hours a day, 12 hours a day. And it's like, oh, man, like uh, take and I saw like MTash tweet this out and a couple other people. And it's kind of what you and I've always said. It's like sh- uh, take off some of those hours and make sure you're investing it in YouTube, whether you're taking your stream and you're doing something with it or you or reading articles or learning how to better do your stream or yeah right there's other work that happens off screen that doesn't ever make it on screen correct you know when somebody comes in and references an article or references something that happened in another content creators community it's best if you've already consumed that content um so there's an element of that that's very research-based it's that's a little different than consumption so it's not like oh you just get to sit around and watch youtube it's I watch a lot of things at one and a half times speed. I, you know, I scrub things. I'm looking for Reddit links that ideally have timestamps and stuff because you're trying to consume a very large amount very rapidly. So it's a lot closer to writing like a book report. Yeah. Um, so it's not as enjoyable as when I'm just surfing YouTube. But when, it, but I, you know, it, it's a, it's more focused. When I'm just surfing YouTube, I end up, you know, I lose two hours and 45 minutes of that was learning about woodworking, which I'll never do. Uh, <laughs> so like it's much more focused. Yeah. Um. You know, so. Yeah, there's a lot of elements to that that I don't think the answer is just be live all of the hours that you can. Um, and definitely it's something that's a muscle that's built. I think there are people that have an aptitude to it, just like anything else, just like mm-hmm. running or, or whatever. But um, there's a reason you don't say like prodigy when somebody's in their 40s and 50s. Like they're not a prodigy anymore. Like it's there through work. The people who had an aptitude and the people who didn't, they've all caught up. Uh, yeah. Work ethic is the better measure over that length of time. If you want to become a better runner, and you run one mile this week, and next week you increase that by 10%, 
And you do that every week after a year, even if you struggled some weeks, you were at over a hundred miles a week. So like, like small percentage gains repeatedly are how people get to any skill set, And that's, that's true of streaming and stuff as well. But same thing about withdrawing, same thing with anything. It's like, just keep at it. If you got a passion for it, don't let, you know, the first no or the first, you know, uh, like, yeah, just keep plugging your away. And then eventually you're going to look back and you're going to be like, yeah, whatever it is. Savagerating, playing guitar, whatever you want to keep it up. It's just just small pounding growth away. So I, we got a lot we could talk about because there's been a lot of developments. Obviously we had summer games, fest, Xbox, the show, uh, the final fantasy 16 demo came out and I got to sit down and play through that. And I'll be playing through that this next week. So I want to say dealer's choice as to, I just listed off a handful of topics. We could talk about a handful of other topics. What do you want to jump into first? I mean, I don't understand how people have time to play this many games. Like, like people are so excited about it. And they're like, which showcase had the most games you want to play? And I'm like, <laughs> how is the number of games you're adding to your existing games? Plural. Like, how do people look forward to more than one game at a time? Like, so were there any showcases that make you think you are going to drop existing games to make room? Oh man, that's a really good question. And I think that really kind of ties into the first game that I'm, honestly from the showcases that I'm more excited about anything because it's also within reach. One of the things that I get when people talk about like, Hey, we want to make sure we're seeding, you know, three and four and five years down the road. Like I don't have that kind of energy right now because I think 2023 is like one of the best years for video games, at least for me. Like we talked about Diablo. We talked about all these things. Like it's checking all the boxes in my opinion. That's why the internet discord around video games has gotten so like vitriol that it's just like I, I, I don't know. I, I, like, just, I don't know why. Like, it, like right. it's, it's it's time of plenty. Like, like, like I, the I'm, buffet has the best steak ever, and they yeah. just are. They're bringing in the lobster off the boat, and and the the chicken. People are complaining that it's just it's too savory. Like it's it's too perfect. And you know, there's a there's a family using their family recipe to make Italian gelato in the corner, and like people are arguing with each other. Why? Mm. Like, just go right. get what you want to eat. Right. Like, exactly. What a great time to be a gamer. Hey, one second. For anybody that wonders why I'm wearing a collar, uh, I am flying today, and uh, and I'm flying again on Monday. And when I uh, to make this affordable on on streamer salary, um, I am yeah. I buddy pass because my brother in law works for an airline, and so I can I can fly standby. But you're a representative of they can see that you're a buddy pass, and so I am a representative of his. Uh, it would be best if I am polite if I am in a collar looking nice, looking sharp. Uh, and as a result, if you're polite and stuff, and they see that you're a family member and you're polite and well dressed, uh, I've also found that like. It's how I get to sit in first class when I don't belong there. And it's how I get the extra legroom seats when I don't belong there. So they don't just get Mm. you on the plane. Yeah, they'll they'll distribute some of the upgrades to those people. So um, it's just kind of one of those internal things within the industry Mm. uh, where they try to treat each other's family members with a little bit of extra respect. Um, Every once in a while, I get like a drink coupon or or an extra bag of pretzels or something. It's just a little nod. A little perk. Uh, Yeah. So uh, to answer the question, uh, you know, ultimately, like what did I see coming out of uh, like summer games fest and things that I'm excited about that I already haven't really shared. And I think for me, the biggest takeaway is Starfield, uh, namely because obviously like the gameplay, I think sells it to me. Uh, it's got that first person shooter, but at the same time, you know, it's got that uh, like exploration and RPG elements, uh, obviously coming out of it. Like you see the people frustrated with the 30 frames per second. I am one of those, especially on console, especially for a shooter. Chris and I have made our opinions on this very well known. I've seen a lot of people. Yeah, first party. Premier hardware. Premier hardware, the most powerful console ever, et cetera. Like, 
to the point where then on PC, it's going to be 60, if not more. Like, I have a PC that's going to run it. So just like with uh, with Redfall, like, I'm not negatively impacted by this, but it still is like, yeah, like, that's just, like, ex- this is an Xbox, you know, series console forward, and they're not going to hit 60. And I've seen so many people coming out in defense of all of a sudden, 30, like, 60 frames doesn't matter. Why are we making a big deal about, you know, the, the number of frames? It's going to do so many things. I'm like, all right, if you're happy with it, that's fine whatever but we know scientifically that the like the number of frames actually has a more enjoyable impact on players and the way they enjoy games depends but on, not... the, on the game right well, like yeah. a turn-based like, game it is what yeah. it is there's a reason that diablo has the ability to let your frame rate suffer in cutscenes. Mm-hmm. like there are people that are okay with that tv's at 24 uh or at least it used to be these days mm-hmm. now we stream everything and we're all getting 60 frames 20 billion k's uh like it it's like, but the frames in-house games, right? When they bought Zenimax, in-house mm-hmm. games should have premier access. They should be able to pick up the phone yeah. and call the hardware team and say, hey, having this issue, what's the deal? They should be able to troubleshoot this and in-house games first party. The reason they should be exclusive, the only justification for things being exclusive yeah. is that they are uniquely designed, specced, and perfected to showcase both the game and the and hardware. hardware. They're supposed to complement yeah. each other. Wii Sports was only on the Wii because only the Wii could make Wii Sports possible and Wii Sports made the Wii look better than ever. They were there to complement each other. So the exclusivity gave the community something. So if you are bringing something to bear that is going to be console exclusive, then there needs to be a silver lining, right? We're paying yeah. something. We're paying mm-hmm. in exclusivity. We're paying in locking everybody that does not have that console out, and that sucks. Mm-hmm. And in trade, we as a total gamer community should be getting something back. It's why I'm against third-party exclusives just almost across All the, the time. board. Yeah. Because I don't see what we're getting. I see what we're paying. I don't see what we're getting. I see what they're getting, because they're usually getting- I see what they're getting, check. yeah. That doesn't right. help yeah. me. It's not like, well, because it's it, because Square Enix is, is buddied with Sony, all their games are only $40. That would no. be different. Yeah, no. that'd be a different conversation. It's yeah. the same thing. We're yeah. just getting the bad. Well, especially uh, when the uh, the PC version, like in this case, because obviously we're alluding to 16, which I'm I got the collector's edition, like financially, like I'm I'm already sold. Like there, there's no right. there's no which, which way or but about it. But awesome. I still at the same time can say, Yeah, I, I am looking forward to buying this again on the PC when it has the ultra wide support and PC features that can't be done on the ps5 and so i think ultimately they're gonna they they sold me twice like well played square but i do feel for especially a large part of the community that's where when we talk about the those who are like really frustrated the 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 biggest voice i hear is the exclusivity voice because i'm not putting any weight into anybody who's like it should be a turn-based game it's like i i'm i like turn-based games if they make a final fantasy that's a turn-based game i will buy that too and be excited for that as well but that isn't what Final Fantasy is. Final Fantasy isn't like one thing. But when it comes to PS5 exclusivity, I get it because you're going to have to lock yourself into a box and not have it spoiled. And already, I like the fact is, is this thing's going to sell PS5s. And all I said was the other day, I hope that check from Sony was massive to Square because this is a fir- like this is a finally of like a first PS5 forward game. They're not supporting the PS4, so we get to see what they can bring technologically uh, technologically and what they can benefit from the the Sony team and the devs like you said the hot, the hotline is up the Sony team is there to help make sure that this game runs as best as it can on on a PS5 and I think a lot of people uh, are going to you know next week's going to be wild but 
in terms of like quitting other games or just like setting other games aside, Starfield looks to be such a meaty experience. Um, but the 30 frames a second is like, that's just an instant. I'm not going to really bother with it on console. That means I'm going to play it on PC. And the best news out of all of that, it was this subtle line. And I don't know if you've even seen it. This is for me was huge. PC Game Pass is actually coming to GeForce now. So oh, I didn't see that. Yeah, they announced this. It's like, hey, guys, we're bringing not not like our games are on Steam or whatever. But PC Game Pass games are coming to GeForce now so that if you have P like you can uh, if you have both services, bada bing, bada boom. Oh, and I'm like, man. isn't that? And, and guess what, Chris? GeForce now runs on Xbox and it can actually output in 120 frames a no, second. The 3080 might be my last graphics card for a long time because right. when I got it, it was top of the world. But my brother's on like a 10 year old graphics card because he runs GeForce now. Yeah. And so in the 3080, when when you guys are all running 62 580s or whatever, right. I'll still be running a 3080 because I will be using GeForce now. Right. Um, congrats I to everybody that like now. me is locked into a founder's rate. Then now yeah. is oh, dude, cheap. I have locked in on that rate. <laughs> I thought about shutting it off last year when I was following taxes. Yeah. Uh, I was, I was like, how do I, I look at my get, monthly expenses? Can I put a secondary payment like, method just in case for some reason? You know, like you I, one dollar a year to hold this rate and not get yeah. service. Like, I, yeah, because I was like, because I hadn't I didn't use it very well in the last 12 months. Um, and so I thought about disabling it. But then I was like, but then if I come back like it, the founder's rates cheap. Yeah. Oh, dude, it's, it's and I actually did the upgrade founders ultimate edition. So I'm running a 4090, you know, and then that it actually runs all my games in 120 frames a second and ultra wide. And somebody is like, why would you even do that? It's like, why, do, why would I want to put the pressure and the heat on my computer? You know, yeah, heat is one of the great. Yeah. Well, especially when I was like, heat is the like, is the one of the biggest like detriments to your hardware, because just like the roads uh, that you like you drive on, cold and heat like has this flex and so that's why you see pcs that aren't made of like high quality materials degradate faster someone's like oh i got this computer for four hundred dollars and then the next year they're like oh i need a new computer it's like yeah because it gets hot it gets cold and everything starts to you know struggle and take more time you know so that's a natural kind of slowdown so uh that's where it's like yeah every opportunity especially when i'm streaming i can have my computer just handle the stream and then i can have whatever service i'm using whether it's shadow or it's uh it's uh you know geforce now literally handle the game and it's like i can run like games you know just in such great quality and then i have a great time with the stream that's actually one of the things that is always kind of unique now is that whenever i'm running a local game i see so much more like resources obviously being pinged on the on the on the system i was playing blue uh, blue, 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 blue protocol right. because it launched in japan i'm ha i'm loving it i'm having a great time but the whole time i'm like oh my gosh are they going to catch me? <laughs> like, are they going to see me? Are they going to, are they going to ban my account? And so, you know, I'm like, I know that G, you know, blue protocol when it launches globally, will be also on console will also be, you know, supported on GeForce now because it's going to have steam. And so far Amazon's been supporting all the games through GeForce now. And I wonder if they'll also support Luma. So honestly, like when it comes down to the games, uh, they're, you know, I, there wasn't any announcement because like everything that they've announced, we haven't seen Perfect Dark yet. We haven't like from the Xbox showcase in and of itself. I was like, oh, this is OK. This is cool. Starfield is something that I'm very actually looking forward to stepping in. And we know it's Bethesda. We know that somebody said that, oh, but they're actually going to be able to hit 30 frames a second as a Bethesda game. Like, wow, <laughs> like, that's a that's a huge improvement. Yeah, that's them. their max, not their guarantee. Yeah. yeah, it's like, oh, wow, if they're going to have that locked in. Um, 
but in terms of like the gameplay and the exploration and the proceduralness of it like it just seems like it could be a really fun game to kind of get really get lost in and uh you know explore and and, and just kind of experience and so i was like yeah i'm i was i've always been interested in it but now i'm actually like from a gameplay and story and everything perspective i i think just like i'm sitting down to play final fantasy 16 next week you know through and through like julie's giving me that for father's day like just go play your game have fun I'll, you know like you just just live in it uh just like that i think that also look uh look forward to starfield in that same way and now i just need to figure out because like after i play through 16 i want to play through 7r um and see and especially kind of you know have the differences and and what i ultimately feel uh is uh you know where, where i kind of go with it so yeah, it's uh, it's. I think it's really good. Um, I can't really think of anything, any mic drop moment, and I, I think that's probably where, when we talk about some of the bitterness and we talk about some of that within the uh, like gaming communities, I think a lot of it ends up being like, how much is like people who are just in the know, like you and me, like we're reading articles, we're researching, we're discussing it offline, and then oh, it turns out they make the announcement because we knew they were going to make the Throne and Liberty announcement. We knew, like there wasn't anything yeah, like. I hadn't been following what? Path of Exile, and so the Path of okay. Exile community knew Path of Exile Two was coming, and now that's confirmed. And so for a lot of us that maybe hadn't been following it, that was like, oh, I should be looking in on that. So like, yeah. I, I mean, it's definitely good to kind of catch us up, even if you are in the know on like one corner of gaming. Um, gaming's a big space, and as much as we think of it as like Final Fantasy players or World of Warcraft players or you know Gears of War players or Forza players. I think the vast majority of gamers play more than one game in a calendar year, mm -hmm. uh, which means that you're part of multiple communities, but you're not part of all the communities. Uh, so even if you know five or six games backward and forward, you check their press site every day, uh, there's still five others that you would maybe play next year that you're not aware of. So like, it's yeah. still a good season for just kind of reminders and, and um, projects that maybe you heard about a year ago, but you're like, well, who knows? Like, some of those projects spread out over years from when they're first revealed of a trailer or a name or or you hear that so-and-so's going there. Um, so it's still a really good season of just like a lot of people talking about the games that excite them. Yeah. Um, which is awesome. I, I remember the drama a while back that like Persona would never come to Xbox. And I did go right. search Twitter for that phrase and like found some of those tweets. And I was like, okay. Because then I started to wonder, were they real? Because then there were all these people like, right. well, I never said that. Nobody ever said that. Not no, a single person who ever, ever said, said that. possibly this. Like, like, well, yeah. Okay. They, they did exist. There were people who were very proud that Persona was never coming to Xbox who now are like, of course it's coming to Xbox. And it's like, very cool. Um, they weren't like major. It wasn't like IGN said it. Uh, and then like, as a result of the season, it also showed me kind of where where I want to be putting my attention moving forward, because I think it's such a great time in gaming that if people aren't just genuinely excited about the games that are coming up, it doesn't really seem like a time where a lot of bitterness is valid. And so, mm. for example, to pick on somebody that's easy for everybody to pick on, um, Kotaku put out an article, I think like a week or two ago, I want to say the most recent issue is they, they said there weren't enough like female protagonists or something in, in games. And then it resulted in this whole thread of everybody naming like female protagonists from like Mrs. Pac-Man forward. And they like implied that, I don't know, something about their implication. If I remember correctly, it was something about their implication was like that first spoken was like the first time people have ever tried to have a female protagonist. And that's why people were angry. It's like, no, just a it, reminder it, of like, I keep uh, trying to push Kotaku out of my mind. Yeah, I should, this season just tells in. me it's like, no, and they're done. They're done. And I don't want to respond to their tweets. And this is already more engagement than I want to give them. I just want to be done. I just want to block anything with Kotaku. And I wish that Twitter would somehow be good enough that like if you retweet Kotaku, I don't want to see that either. 
I want it all gone. You can you want... can mute phrases and things like and that. So, yeah. Like, and so I just I just want it gone because yeah. they're they're literally just not even worth the base fundamental attention at this point because it's been an entire year of nothing but incredible news. Even if there's a company you don't want to support, right? Blizzard's yeah. had a lot of reasons not to support them over recent years, and I understand and respect that decision. You can still, even at a distance, say, but I don't hate people that are saying they're enjoying Diablo 4. I don't hate people that say Dragonflight's a step in the right direction. I don't hate people that say, hey, I took a job at Blizzard, and I'm actually really impressed with how much the culture and the salary and the things are going here. That I have friends who have taken jobs there that had worked there in the past and are saying it's better than it's ever been before. I have mm -hmm. friends that have continued to work there and they're saying it's better than ever before. Is it flawless? No. But like, we're in a season where there's enough good news that I think my takeaway wasn't any one game. It was that like, there's no reason for me to spend my time hating on a game. Mm -hmm. um, and we've had those seasons where you do have just valid frustration. You know, when you talk about like, changes in monetization or vaulting content or yeah. a group of gamers being lied to or their accounts being deleted or anything like that. Like there are very valid times to be upset. Um, but I think the awards week and stuff was, was generally all good news. So I think it really just showed me like who I want to watch for the next year when we get to the end of the year and, and mm -hmm. Twitch and YouTube or whatever, when we get all these reports that start to say like, where did you spend your time? Um, I want to spend my time watching people that are just excited to, play games because it's a yeah. great year to play games i think that's the ultimate like mic drop like when you look at i like i literally just saw an article pop up and made me happy it was like after the demo for final fantasy 16 this narrative of this game not being a final fantasy game this narrative of that like there's just been these kind of themes that pop up that like when you think about the concept of the social media and how these get hijacked, it could be just somebody who's just like, I'm going to put crap out in the world and see what happens. People react to it, discuss it. And it becomes like a part of the narrative. Some people like, Oh, I do agree. I like this uh, final fantasy eight. And we haven't seen anything like everybody's got their, you know, their favorite kind of, you know, part of the franchise. But what it ends up being is like, yeah, once, like once you go hands on, like all the, all of this, all of that goes away. And we see this happen a lot, especially with games. I saw it happen a lot with uh, Blue Protocol. Someone said, like, I'm so glad Blue Protocol doesn't have any drama in it. I'm like, oh, you just wait. Like, it, every community will end up having that. But it always looks different per community. And I was like, we've already had two rounds of it. We had the let's try to convince Brian that this game is canceled round, which, like, when you talk about people going back and deleting things, I, I was like, here's it in the video. Oh, here, here they deleted that statement of this game is canceled and uh, Bandai Namco is a bunch of cowards. You know, it's like, well, at least they went back and said, you know what? I'm just going to delete that off my my history. But it's always fun that I have that stuff in video form. And then the other one was just the censorship aspect. It's like we all have these different rounds. And a lot of that comes out of not being able to, to play the game, not being able to go hands on with the game, living in the world of expectation and and theory and then adapting that that thought that, that somebody has and making that like uh, an actual fact oh did you hear that yoshi p hates final fantasy and that's why it's an action combat system oh it makes complete sense and then you're like oh i actually played it it's a really great game and then that 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 whole part of the community just just gets quiet because the evidence is over here it's like the the work speaks for itself and so that's where it's like yeah okay people are just talking right now there's going to be a lot of quiet people on June 22nd. There's going to be a lot of quiet people 
when they, you know, when when you're experiencing like the game. I'm only seeing positivity everywhere I'm looking. Yeah, I haven't well, seen that's anybody all, that's all, anything. That's, that's all I like. I've been um, I've been curating my feeds because it's also very curated. So if you engage with the, the negative, console wars has been all the negative for me. Yeah, um, console wars, console wars, console wars. Occasionally, there's you know a moment about a creator or something like that. There's been some weird like creator clashing going on right now. Um, but that honestly just feels like because there's nothing better to talk about. Like because we're waiting for the good games to release. Yeah. Uh, well, and the thing is, like, I feel like we've gotten a lot of good games this year already. You know, back back to the point, like people dogging on Forspoken. Like, if you played it and you're like, that eh, wasn't for me, I respect the hell out of it. You don't have to like it. But I'm like, yeah, like outside of the the value proposition for the for the money, I I've really enjoyed that experience. And it's gonna be. It, I would say though, Forspoken is a vastly sharply contrast experience to that of 16. Like you can, you can feel immediately like the tone, the difference, the characters, uh, you know? And so it's like, yeah. And the funny thing will be, and people will talk about it is that first spoken came out as a $70 game and 16 came out as a $70 game. One of those is really a $70 game. <laughs> it's like, maybe even more uh, for some cases. So like it's, it's hard because people make, you know, these false equivalencies, you know, between these different things, but um, yeah, like this year alone, I've, I've, I've been I've been enjoying like every moment that I get to game, you know, and I think that's the thing. It's that if you're not having fun playing the game that you're playing, you, you need to go find something fun to play because that's ideally what this is about. And maybe to a degree, maybe that is some people's game complaining on the Internet. Like maybe that's the game that they have fun is to see how many tweets or retweets or, or whatever they can get or what kind of, you know, what kind of content or frustration they, they can vent out. I don't know. Some people play, I, I guess, play no, that game. I can't, I can't balance. I, I want to get some 14 stuff done because the patches have been pretty on point lately. And uh, uh, 6.4 is massive. And I want to get back into Dragonflight. And mm-hmm. Guild Wars had some stuff going on and New Worlds on the horizon. But like, I'm spending a ton of time with Diablo 4 because it's new. And that means that like Tears of the Kingdom's behind. And so like, it just, it's actually the bigger issues when I want to sit down and watch TV or a movie. Like I've, those have been mediums that for me have not been keeping up. Yeah. Uh, and so like, I'm like, oh, I guess I'm just going to go play another game. Oh, <laughs> uh, gaming's way better right now. Yeah. Oh, uh, dude, it's, it's amazing. Way better. So, uh, it's, it's been a good time to be a gamer for Warhammer 40 K fans. Congrats on the week. Uh, hopefully there's something, some good news and nuggets in there as the rules all slide slowly out this week. Yeah. Um, it's been an exciting week. It's roughly every three years we go into an, uh, a new edition. So, exciting time to be model building and and rolling some dice um yeah That's yeah i want to bring i want to bring up what fluffy here says bring back fluffy dog says planning leave for final fantasy 16 is not the worst idea hmm maybe i should follow suit and i i, I tell you the hardest thing about it because i don't have any pto uh because we had the baby and i i used it all there uh and the hardest thing will be on uh on the 22nd uh, when I go to work and then the game is out and playable, thankfully I get to play that afternoon, evening, and then Friday afternoon, evening as well. But I was talking to a couple of my coworkers about it and they're like, oh yeah, like, you know, like, yeah, <laughs> not feeling so good today. You can take a sick day. I was like, yeah, it's going to be real awkward when they're like, oh, Brian called in sick and he's live streaming Final Fantasy 16. I was like, I don't get, I don't get to play that card. I don't get to play that card because I want to. I want to have that that record again. Like I really enjoy that I have that record of Endwalker and finishing this like epic. And I wish I had the record for every 
kind of part of that expansion, like as an, just an ar- like an archive to go back on uh, and look back on at some point in the future. But I, I that's what I was like, I want for 16. And that's actually what I'm doing also for Final Fantasy 4. Like how the Pixel remasters alone, Chris, like if you haven't ever got a chance to go and, and, and pick that up like that, even on Switch, like when you're just like in the airport, like it's a great experience because you can boost up your experience gain per fight to four so it really just cuts down the grind and you're just kind of enjoying the story and kind of playing through it very kind of casually and it's it's very enjoyable i really am quite pleased with that and honestly maybe on the way, that, to, maybe on the way to fan fest yeah maybe on the way to fan fest that'd be a really good thing to pick up but the uh the thing that i've also like appreciate about that is that i i, I get i hear people who want to see final fantasy kind of come back to its roots we saw that with nine and nine's beloved and we're hearing about a remake rumors for nine but on that note, I'd be fine if they decided to make another like they they took the pixel remasters and you almost kind of have these different avenues for Final Fantasy. Like you have that kind of style, like they make a whole new game, 2D, you know, like that, that, that sprite based pixel remaster. How fat, like how often do you think they could come out with a Final Fantasy kind of in that kind of style? And I would venture to bet roughly every couple of years and imagine if all of a sudden you have like these different kind of styles right you have the the, the seven remake style the 16 style coming back in like 2026 yeah. well for its 25th anniversary yeah i have i have struggled to not replay that game over the last couple of years because i went back and played some of the games in my childhood that were like b tier a tier yeah right and um, some of them didn't hold up. And so, <laughs> and so like, I've been afraid to go back and touch my S tier games when it was on it was on Game Pass for a bit. And I downloaded it and did not play it because I'm like, what if it what if it doesn't hold up? Like, what if so much of what Final Fantasy X in my head is the greatest game of all time tied with Ocarina of Time? What if those two games, what if I went back and played them and they don't hold the same place? Um, A, the soundtrack should be i assume the soundtrack would have been i would have been off my walkman and probably on burn cds that could hold maybe eight to ten tracks um and ran out of batteries every two and a half hours i assume that's about it and so i'd have to go back and find my my cds because the soundtrack would have been whatever top 40 was in the late 90s or whenever that was um that would have been probably pre Napster too. So it's probably only one or two artists because I probably didn't oh, have yeah. enough, I probably didn't have enough discs. It's probably pre-Napster. jock jams, jock rock, uh, <laughs> roller skating now, music. Now that's what uh, I call music. Nineteen <laughs> like ninety three. Woo! Yeah, yeah. Now hits four. Um, yeah. So, I, I yeah, I don't know. Um, I just wonder if it wouldn't hold up. So I'm excited. Maybe a remaster is a good way to like bring that back in and say like. They're going to bring it up to 4K. They're going to bring it up to, you know, um, and they're going to spin it for uh, more adult artists, uh, more adult uh, audience. So they're going to spin it. If it ends up being like seven, seven is is taking on concepts that I wouldn't have been ready to take on when it released the first time. See, That's what I'm actually really enjoying about. So I I played it and and streamed some Final Fantasy four because that for me was the Final Fantasy that I fell in love with. Right. Like Mm -hmm. I originally played one. I didn't like one. And uh, I got Dragon Warrior as a part of my Nintendo Power. And I was like, dude, Dragon Warrior, a.k.a. Dragon Quest. This is like, oh, this is so good. And so I was really down that, that avenue. And then Super Nintendo comes out, Final Fantasy 2. Brian, you got to try it. Brian, you got to try it. And I was like, I played it. And I was like, this is amazing. Holy smokes. I love this experience. 
So I'm playing through it already. And I've only touched the opening. I got through, you know, all the way out to the, the desert and, uh, you know, picked up, uh, you know, like I can't even remember names right now, despite it. Like if I, as I'm playing it, I, I literally so far been like, oh, I remember there's a treasure chest over here. I haven't touched this game in 30 years, but that's the impact that it's had on me. But um, going into it, it's like, oh, I talked to Kane right at the beginning. And he kind of alludes that like his father died and his father was a dragoon. And that's what made him sign up to be a dragoon. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I did not resonate with that. I didn't even remember that. But as a parent, I can tell you hands down, like that was actually a really powerful line in, in a Super Nintendo Final Fantasy game. I was like, holy crap. And that's one of the things that I'm like, I want to go back and, and experience all of this like as an adult, as a parent, as somebody who's now got life experience, as opposed to when I saw it, like as a kid who didn't know that the word bastard was considered like a bad, bad word. I heard it in Ghostbusters. And so I'm fighting Zemos and I'm like, you bastard. And my friend looks at me like I just dropped an F-bomb because that was probably like the worst thing we could have said at the time. And I, I didn't know. It's just like I heard it from the movie. And so there's this experience and this life experience that I have. So it's been like it's been, I think, 30, 31 years since I played uh, Final Fantasy, uh, you know, you know, four, uh, AKA two. And, uh, and so I was like, yeah, so I've already, already had a moment in it that I'm wanting to go back and, and enjoy. And that kind of says like everything that, that we have an experience, I'm generally curious and would fully support them doing these things because the question to you here in this case, you haven't played, you know, 16 yet, but where does Final Fantasy as a series go from here? Do we see that they end up just saying, these games are M-rated. These games are, you know, we're going to tell like these stories or do you think that, you know, like if they tried to say, hey, the next one is going to be rated T for teen and we're going to kind of tone it down and make it, you know, like how do you, how do you, how do you follow up something like Final Fantasy 16? If we've learned anything from what Yoshi P has shared about his development philosophy, just kind of the theme behind what he believes, um, his goal is to separate the art at the development phase from don't worry about Metacritic. Don't worry about rating. Don't worry about price. Let's build a great story. Let's build a world we want to be in. And then once that's there, let's encapsulate that in our little tome of canon. And we'll keep that on a pedestal. And a portion of the team will be these warrior priests who are going to defend this canon Bible. And we're going to just stick to that. And then we're going to let all the demons in. We're going to let in monetization and marketing and ratings boards and all these things that do have to exist as part of game development. But they are not allowed to affect what's inside the tome they're not allowed to and so like i i think write the story you want to write and if that needs to be m-rated it needs to be m-rated mm -hmm. um you know i i think that t for teen serves a lot of what they were able to do in arr but as they wanted to go a little deeper you should be found that rating has kind of been restricted but it's not restricted yeah. because it restricted them at the beginning necessarily i think they did a lot with arr it's restrictive in that like they're stuck with the same rating 10 years later uh but with single player titles you're not you can get it right the first time so if it could be t for teen it can be t for teen if it has to be m it has to be m um and i think just leave that where it needs to be um so like i, I think that really comes through it's one of the reasons i think it's weird that 16 is console exclusive mm -hmm. because so much about his philosophy is about delivering a great game to everybody that can experience it. And so like, that's the only part of 16 that doesn't, that is not just a, a manifestation of what Yoshi P has been saying. And he's not the only person on the team. He's not the only person driving that boat, but um, everything right. that I'm hearing about yeah. 16 is a, is a 
living action-based example on the stuff he says because words don't weigh that much but his mm -hmm. his actions do and like his actions 16 seems like it's it's a love letter to all the things about game development that he wishes were going on in single player rpgs except when he says games should be available to everybody that can and so the fact that it is not like in like the most literal example of that in my mind would be that they negotiated terms and it was in game pass and playstation plus day one that it's in subscription services um that it's you know allowed on geforce now and that, that that's something that they optimized for and like that's all day one that's that's the only part of what he said when i when i hear him talk about game development and what it means to be a game developer and who games are for um and and the m for mature that's not out of line uh because the story he wanted to tell couldn't be told with t for teen he didn't make it m and then say okay now write me an m story he said this is a story i want to tell yeah and this is where it falls in with him yeah oh without him so like i you know I, I would say, where does Final Fantasy go from here? Keep hiring great writers to write great stories and then build great games around them. Well, and, and empower the team to do these things. And I, I think a lot of that, you know, like when it comes like down to it, yeah, because Veltus is whatever. saying like, you know, rather it be a single platform than an unoptimized mess. Like you can hit multi-platform and not and not have it be an, a, an optimized mess. I don't buy into that connection that, that couldn't have been pushed out to PC at the same time. And, but would it have cost more money? Would it have been different? Yeah. I think they actually would have, like, I think Square Enix got a huge check. And at the end of the day, like I get the business side of it. And if that helped Square Enix approve, you know, cause like, we'll never know the, the, the details, but if that helped Square Enix say Yoshi P yeah, you got another, you know, sure. Take another year, you know, like yeah. we have this lockdown, make the game you want to make empower sure. your team to be it. And yes, it will, it will eventually trickle out. I would be all for it. And as soon as this game comes to BC, like you, you know, I'm going to like, they, they've already sold two copies. Like I, you know, I got the PS five version. I'm going to get the PC version because I also want to experience it in ultra wide. Like, <laughs> like travel was built for switch and yeah. later went on to Xbox. And so if that's right. its life cycle. You can come back and clip this and say, Hey, with new information, does your opinion change? And I'll say, yes, absolutely. My opinion changes. I don't take back what I said just now, but I am saying with new information. So if, if, if it's purely an optimization question and a quality of product, then that's fine. But that means mm -hmm. that it comes out of exclusivity at the fastest possible rate. Um, and there are statements he's made that imply that that may be the case, but none of them are so yeah. firm that we know the, it's the thing case. I do appreciate because it about him. They wouldn't like right. that. Well, no, people who pay for exclusive do not want you going. And yeah, yeah. Uh, you can yeah. set your watches. It'll drop out of exclusivity on this date yeah. because that then a lot of us are like, great, then I'll wait. No, so and, like, they, and they're paying the hidden uh, nature yeah. is what they're paying for. A part of that also is the is marketing too, but you're right because it's not like you know. So Yoshi, but the thing I do appreciate about Yoshi P talking about the PC version is that when it's ready, because if anybody here is a Square Enix fan and on PC, it is a hit or miss kind of environment. <laughs> like it, it literally is hit or miss, and that's where like I come back to like wanting them to support GeForce Now and doing these things that they aren't yet doing, uh, because I that's essentially where I see myself as a gamer being able to take advantage way easier of just like yeah, give me in the cloud. And and for the parents out there, they understand not only in the cloud because that is geographically not only very restrictive. Right, like, right, right. There are those but as an option somewhere a, that has good internet. That that's the, a great option. Right, and, and all the parents that have the good internet, like all like generally speaking, they're like, yeah, I'm tired of my you know kids spilling like coffee into my you know three you know three thousand dollar PC and now it's toast. Like we've all like I have been I like I read our Chromebook. Yeah, into GeForce now. It's We're fine. good. Like yeah, oh no, it like bro, like I literally had a, a Logitech G Cloud. And one of my kids destroyed it. And I was like, all right, 
when I can afford it, I'm going to order another one because I like that device so much. But that it kid wasn't hasn't eaten lunch in months. They were just paying off that laptop. <laughs> they were working we just hard. Just lunch. I don't, I don't know what to tell you. Lunch <laughs> is five dollars a day. We feed so our children. We feed our children. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm just going to clarify. We we take care of our children. I I, they, I don't run a debt model with them. This that, that sounds more child abuse than anything else, especially for an eight year old who it wasn't obviously like you know. But it just happens. Accidents happen. Things break. Discs break. Absolutely. Absolutely. Why why do I like my, like, my brothers yeah, and I broke probably ten. And coffee tables yeah oh yeah like, Dude, like in all dog, that the we dog, never I had found the dog chewing on my coffee table they're just gone <laughs> and i was like oh gosh so anyway my life is usually filled with like a lots Absolutely. of destruction that are just happening that it, and i don't want to be a dad that yells i don't want to be a dad that like you know because they had like the 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 a6 or the awesome whatever the the this new handheld thing and i was like oh it's a it's a windows pc handheld and i look at it and it's like seven eight hundred dollars i was like hell no I did splurge and get a Steam Deck, and that thing lives like out, like they don't even know it exists. It's in this hidden pocket that only I have access to because not even my wife it can plays get to in it. An air conditioned attic, sweating. <laughs> like, this my hand. It's <laughs> so hot. Leave my hand out alone. Leave this alone, please. Don't, don't break my stuff. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And so, like, they've broken like a switch or two, they've broken that. And it's like, yeah, why do, Brian, why do you like cloud gaming? Because I like to be able to be around my kids, but then also not sweat that the thing that I'm using is going to like get completely destroyed. And, and and thankfully, I live in a position where it's like, okay, you broke my you know $250 handheld. I, I guess I'll go six months without it, and then I'll save up and I'll and I'll get another one. And I'm not like devastatedly angry you know, over a hard a piece of hardware unless like you know if I, I walk in and they're hitting it with hammers i think i'll, I'll lose my I, I will probably get mad and be like, what are you doing why what what ran through your mind that that was a, the right choice to do today child kids break things man we they do a lot of stuff growing right up. yeah so as a as that's actually like one of the things where people like push back on like cloud gaming i'm like guys you, you don't get it it saves me so much money because i can have a really premier experience and i because i have the internet uh, and yeah, and that's going to be how it is. So I, I think to answer my question about like, where does Final Fantasy uh, like go from here? The uh, I think it's all about in terms of assembling the team. And then you're right. Can like telling the stories and making the games that they're excited about because you're going to get that passion buy in as opposed to like this cookie cutter thing. And I stated like, I'm so glad you called into mind the Metacritic score and the disconnection from Yoshi P. I think that a lot of these companies get analysis paralysis where, okay, if we're going to fund this game, we need to have this kind of return and this is what's to be expected. And what it ends up doing is it just, it, I think it puts everybody in the sense of like, oh gosh, I can't take a risk or I, I need to play it safe so we can be sure to hit this score so we can all get our bonus checks. And even if you're not front of mind, like these are things that just happen. You think about the any incentive structure that's on you that you're like, well, I would have raised my hand and said, like, that's a kind of a bad idea. But I know, like, everybody over here is like, shut up. This is the golden calf. Don't ruin it for everybody, you know, and that kind of mindset. So it keeps people quiet in that well, regard. Total disconnect from money. Like, it's, it's, no, it's but they, that, disconnecting like, it's the Metacritic good that, score. The constraints are there, but you don't want it to right. be that the constraints are so strong you can't. Well, disconnecting right. or it from any something out of their control, so strong, right? right? Disconnecting it from something that's out of their control. I heard this like uh, phrase. It's like, okay, yeah, if you're talking to one-on-one, -on -one, let's say I said something 
and I offended you, right? It's like, okay, we I can apologize. I can, I can come to an understanding. But let's say I wanted to talk to a thousand people or 10,000 people or a hundred thousand people. Like those odds are extra, you know, like they, they expand. And then all of a sudden it's like, if I have to start factoring all this in, like, okay, like it does have an impact. Maybe I choose my words differently. And then maybe I'm not saying anything important at all. Maybe at that point, it's just this watered down mess of where we all look at these things and it's like, it just feels cookie cutter. It just feels like, okay, they just copy paste. They didn't do anything, you know, that truly meant anything because they're, you're always worried, like, how do you do that? And that's what I think when they disconnected the Metacritic score, the devs are like, cool, okay, I, I'm still going to get paid. Well, what do we want to do? And then it turns out they had the best Metacritic score in in their it, it, it like for especially for an MMO ever. And so I think essentially you kind of see like okay, well maybe we disconnect some of these things, but at the same time not like disreward uh you know hurt, hurt, hurt like hurt people's financial well-being, you know, from it. And so into that nature, I feel like Yoshi P has built the dream team, right? He's he assembled his team and I want to see what they can do next because for me I'm all I'm looking for is will Final Fantasy 16 dethrone Final Fantasy Tactics and Chrono Trigger? I think it has the potential, and we haven't seen that happen in a while. I have a kid behind me, so I'm gonna let you jump in. I think the hard part about everything that was just described is how do you how do you identify what values can be messed with and what values need to be protected? And so far, Yoshi's nailed that. Um, but that's the hard part. That's why when I said back when we just knew that he was working on the title, we knew nothing else about it. I got a little concerned that people were saying this was going to be the greatest game of all time because once the bar is set there, there's nowhere to go positive. It can only disappoint you as opposed to saying, yeah, oh, it's it, a really it wasn't great the game. greatest. Yeah. You know, and then that way, well, there's still room to be surprised and delighted. I hope it's a good game. And if it's better than that, I still have room to be pleasantly surprised. Um, and if it and if it ends up being something that's suboptimized or I end up having a negative experience somehow, I don't have to fall all the way from the heavens, Mount Olympus and tumble all the way down to sea level like I started a good game. And as long as maybe, maybe I got back to my, okay, well, I got back to my $70. Well, I don't feel so angry as opposed to like, man, I took off work. I, I uninstalled every other game. I told all my friends to screw off. I smashed my Xbox with a hammer. Like, and I did all this so that, so that I could have the best Final Fantasy 16 experience. It's like, well, that's, that seems a little much. Um, because like, we don't know. And so like, this does start to ask, does Yoshi P and, and the others on the team, do they have the right pulse on what the right things are to reproduce something like Shadowbringers or, or Endwalker? And I, I really hope so. I, you know, we'll find out in a week. Um, that'll be really exciting because picking down those core values and then having people in leadership that recognize what those are and can protect those. Um, Gore-Tec, the people that make like the, uh, they make like suits for like firefighters and they also make like the fancy jackets for like the winter, um, all sorts of different products with Gore-Tec. They have a company policy that a plant can't ever be more than 150 people. Um, that is because they believe it protects their corporate culture and there is sociology that backs that up and says that we can't have positive relationships with more than 150 people. It's just this magical line that when tribes get beyond that and there are all sorts of like religious organizations over the years that used to split their church up when they get to 150 people. There's military uh, organizations throughout the world with different countries that say that a particular troop of men can never go above 200. Um, there's just there is this magic line that keeps showing up over and over and over throughout history that 150 people is kind of this break point for the way our brain works. And you have to start redefining the organizational structure. And so Gore-Tec Gore just said, screw that. And if we want to have an additional plant within a particular area tied to, you know, if they wanted to have two plants in Dallas, 
instead of having one plant with 300 employees, they would have a plant in Dallas and a plant in Fort Worth, each with 150 people. And if they need to add a third plant, they would just add a third plant in Grapevine with 150 people. They have mm -hmm. some plants that can see each other because it protects their 150 people. So whatever Yoshi P's 150 people is, um, hopefully out of this, we also get some really interesting dev panels. So we can start to get a real feel for like, what are the core tenants that when he jumps from an MMO to a single player game, he goes, but that's my 150 people thing. Like I don't break that line and we just mm -hmm. don't break it. And if we're going to break it, I'm not going to be part of the project because yeah. that is core. Um, and I, and I think like a strong narrative element is part of that. And even as somebody that has not always enjoyed games for story, I can still respect that. Like he has that one value, um, and he sticks to it. Yeah. Now I want to highlight this comment from uh, Solid912 says, part of me doesn't like the whole Yoshi P we trust when it comes to 16. He's the producer. He's there to make sure deadlines are met. But a vision is all the director, creative, a uh, director duo. Absolutely. And I think, yeah, and I agree with this to, to an extent um, with the kind of the caveat that one of the things that we see happen uh, within development when a game comes out and does not deliver you see a concept online, oh, lazy devs, lazy devs. And I go, no, 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 no. I would first point you to leadership. And leadership is a critical role. It's a role in which that, yes, deadlines are being met, but you're not spending time wasting away, doing a lot of rework. And we've seen that plague Square Enix specifically numerous times where a game is announced and then 10 years later it comes out like that game was restarted its development three times, most likely during that case, or or maybe two times, especially in the 10 year. Um, Overwatch 2 just changed leadership over the last couple of years, mm -hmm. and it completely changed the direction of the project. Not because the devs changed, not mm -hmm. because the entire production team changed, but because the people at the top changed. Uh, yeah. That was the reason for the big shift in direction. So like. And, and, and he's the celebrity name that the 14 community knows. Well, he's so earned that like title, in, right? It's the so, top billing in a movie, yeah. right? They're not the only actor in the movie. They're not the, you know, they're not right. the only person that makes that movie possible. They're the person that we reference. Yeah. Uh, when you think the new Top Gun movie, you think Tom Cruise, but there were a lot of, there were a lot of brilliant performances in that movie. Mm -hmm. um, so like part of it is, is his name just has the recognition. It has the SEO rank. Mm -hmm. um, and part of it is because well, he is, he is such a high level producer and production in particular has been something that the industry has had trouble nailing down exactly what it looks like. Mm -hmm. um, same with community management. Community management is something that like 14 continually wins awards for. Those community awards, that's not us. That's the community team, the people at Square Enix with their paychecks. So when the community pats themselves on the back, it's not you, it's the people managing it. It's your babysitters that are getting the, the reward and, um, and, and they work for it. And so that community team is something that, you know, when we out on Twitter, you can see community managers all the time. They're very, very vocal. Um, it's what their job is. Um, about what it's like. That is a that is a role that the gaming industry has not well defined. And every studio treats it a little bit different. Some studios just let any responsibility that they don't know what it is just fall on the community team. Others think that community teams aren't even really valuable. And so the first time they get to layoffs, they just let that team go blindly. Yeah. It is not a well-defined role. And so I would argue that if you are trying to get in the game that's going to have a big community element to it, you know, the same way we're looking at production here, because production is such a big part of a single player RPG coming out and coming out at quality and coming out on time and being an incredible product. I would argue that if we were talking about an, M an MMO, what are we doing within the community team? Because the community mm -hmm. team has just been a an ill-defined part of, of the space and it can make the difference between a good mm -hmm. game and a great game. Yeah. And, and like I see chat and Mitchell, you know, talking about like his job also to empower the team to, to free them up to be creative and 
I, I think Yoshi P, we've seen that. And that's one of the things. Now, what's interesting, because like when we talk about him as a celebrity name, like that's coming from the Final Fantasy 14 world, Absolutely. where those who have not played and will not play because they're like, oh, I don't want an MMO. I want a single player game. Like, as you see, I've seen lots of lists coming out where Final Fantasy 11 and 14 is completely excluded off of those lists right. outright. And it's like, oh, come on. Like, you know, like just it's got an amazing free trial. And we've talked about ways of opening the game up itself with, you know, like there's all kinds of things that I'd like to see what they kind of, you know, what they would experiment with, especially like an 11's case. You know, like what do they do in offline mode? Do they just reimagine it as a single player story? Who knows? I'd, I'd be game for any of that. But when it comes to Yoshi P and, and his team, yeah, like. I think this is also a good opportunity for them, him to show up. And that's where, like, again, the article's talking about, like, yeah, okay. Hey, guys, you know what? We've shown you stuff. We've done the trailers. Why don't you go play it? You go play it. You know what? And if you don't like it, no worries. And it's like so many people, like, I've seen, oh, I didn't think I was going to like this game. I was wrong. Like, I've seen so many people going like, oh, okay. Yeah, I'm going to, that rhetoric zip <laughs> you know like whoa okay there's something different here and uh and ultimately i guess it'll be interesting to see where this game falls and how people receive it and just like that's something that i i'm very grateful and grateful to this community for allowing me the opportunity to sit down and play final fantasy 16 because um you know i i say i stated it like to like you were talking like podcasts ago it's like I think the real testament of Yoshi P's real leadership and his change will be felt with Final Fantasy 16. And we didn't know he was the producer of it at that time. And I was like, and so this is where it's like, is that, was that a correct prediction? Was that a correct feeling so many years ago? And is that, is that, that mindset rewarded? And we'll find out here soon enough, but I do know you need to get to the airport. So is there any final thoughts you want to say before we wrap up today's podcast? No, uh, next week, I don't know if we'll have a show because um, I've been training. So that one kind of takes up the whole week, but that's just kind of a one-time thing. Mm -hmm. um, so I'll be, and they have a, uh, they actually have like a, like one of those motivational speakers coming in to give a training Ooh. that week. So two of the days Very are long because nice. I'm going to go have lunch provided and listen to some guy tell me about how the inner awesome was in me all along. Those are always, they're fun. They get you jazzed up. Um, you know, the question is how do you convert them from motivation into drive? Because motivation yeah. is fleeting. Uh, and so be a nice, nice first week to come in and rah, 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 and be excited. Uh, and then, yeah. So I, by the time I come back, people will be telling me that 16 has changed their life and they can't type with all the letters because the crying ruined part of their keyboard <laughs> that they cried on while playing PlayStation. And the, the room was so filled with tears. It actually damaged their computer. Uh, and so hopefully you guys have had a great time. Um, yeah, it's a great and time to be a gamer. And so like for those of you who like popped in at some point during the stream itself, uh, this is over on the YouTube. So you'll be able to see it as soon as we hit and uh, and broadcast. So that will be archived and we'll let you guys know when the next scheduled podcast is uh, is scheduled. So thank you guys so much for joining us. Um, we will have to figure out what we do because I will be playing 16 starting Thursday. So, you know, I could be just kind of like, yeah, we went dark podcast wise for a little bit and then we come back and, you know, we, we, we talk about the reality of 16. So, Thanks, guys, so much for joining us. I'm going to let Chris hit the road and get out of here. So I'm going to hit M broadcast and just wave it out. Love you guys. And we'll see you when we see.